Hi there, folks. We made it through another week. This is Fanby Daily for Friday, October 16th, 2020. I am your host, John Warren, and I'm here to give you the highlights of today's news and games and entertainment in less than 10 minutes. Steven Totillo and Kotaku snagged an interview with the Xbox chief himself, Phil Spencer, on Friday, which provided some insight into the big decisions Microsoft has made at the outset of this new console generation. Here are some highlights. Spencer believes this holiday season will belong to the Xbox Series X because folks will want to get their hands on the most powerful new gadget right away, but believes the more affordable and less powerful Xbox Series S will be more successful in the long term, as folks care more and more about price into the generation. Totillo asked Spencer about comparing the Series X and Series S, since Spencer is one of the only people on the planet who currently has both. Quote, being honest, the Series S has surprised me in terms of how it performs, end quote. Spencer uh, said, uh, the Xbox Series S has less RAM and less overall horsepower than the Series X, but it still runs games at a brisk 60 frames per second, just in a lower resolution than the X. As 4K adoption continues to struggle as a thing the average consumer cares about, the Series S probably seems like a perfectly viable option for many players in the near and distant future. Spencer also acknowledged how selling one of their units at a $300 price point might get second console folks to convert, implying the existence of a person who might not who might not buy two consoles for $1,000 or $900, but might jump at $800 or $700 depending on which PlayStation 5 console they buy first, which makes sense. The conversation moved on to Microsoft's $7.5 billion purchase of ZeniMax and attached Bethesda properties, the company's most high-profile acquisition since they bought Minecraft six years ago in 2014. The big question following the drop quotes that Microsoft would, quote, honor the obligations of timed exclusive releases like Deathloop on PlayStation 5 was, Will they even bother with other platforms after this period? Totillo didn't ask this explicitly, but asked maybe a better question. Does that $7.5 billion price tag make sense if big Bethesda games aren't appearing on Sony and Nintendo consoles? Spencer says yes, but with a caveat. The deal was never supposed to take those games away from a different player base. Strap in for a long quote. Quote, this deal was not done to take games away from another player base like that. Nowhere in the documentation that we put together was, how do we keep other players from playing these games? We want more people to be able to play games, not fewer people to be able to go play games. But I'll also say in the model, I'm just answering directly the question that you had. When I think about where people are going to be playing and the number of devices that we had, and we have xCloud and PC and Game Pass and our console base, I don't have to go ship those games on any other platform other than the platform that we support in order to kind of make the deal work for us, whatever that means. <laughs> That's the most pregnant whatever that means <laughs> I've ever heard. But a lot of folks latched onto this quote feeling like it was a confirmation that Bethesda games would largely be Xbox ecosystem exclusives, but I saw this as being pretty uh, expert bet hedging. The the, uh, the question as it stands was, even though I've never seen the math and can't really visualize the math if I'm honest, does the ecosystem recoup the cost of the acquisition? And the answer was yes. Okay then. One of the other topics uh, they dove into is Microsoft's funny relationship with Nintendo, a console on which several Microsoft exclusive have, have wandered, including Ori in the Blind Forest. 
Minecraft Steve and Banjo for Banjo Kazooie, for example, have both showed up in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate's roster. Minecraft Dungeons will show up on PlayStation and Nintendo Switch someday. As for the rumored and extremely lofty plans for the Xbox ecosystem to appear on the Nintendo Switch, Spencer has been on the record as recently as July as saying other competitive platforms don't seem interesting interested in housing the Xbox ecosystem. Spencer kind of changed his tune today, suggesting it's up to those other platforms to explain their stance on putting Xbox Game Pass or Project xCloud on their consoles. This was after he said it's not sustainable to take every game they make on a case-by-case -case basis in terms of whether it appears on Nintendo Switch. He'd rather those consoles adopt their full ecosystems before taking the idea seriously. Uh, you should check out the rest of the interview. It's it's really good. Uh, they cover ground, including file sizes of games, the delay of Halo Infinite, and even the wild concept that Xbox Series X games could show up on the Xbox One via xCloud. We are definitely through the looking glass in terms of how to view a console generation. Following a turbulent month of service development post-release, Marvel's The Avengers announced today it would be delaying the release of its next-gen version as well as the anticipated Kate Bishop character in Missions. Kate Bishop will move out of October with no additional detail, though the post from Crystal Dynamics implies both she and Clint Barton will still drop before the end of the year. As for the next-gen content, all of that will move into 2021 to give the team some time to optimize it as well as to fix the existing issues with the game. Ghost of Tsushima Legends, the first big, the game's first big update, not only brings multiplayer to the game starting today, but also some welcome improvements to the single-player campaign. Our managing editor Steven Strom has all the details on Fanby.com, but here are a few highlights. Uh, New Game Plus will not only let you play the game over with your gear from your original playthrough, but it will crank up the difficulty if you want to, uh, as well as provide exclusive new boosts and items you couldn't get the first time around. Patch 1.1 also adds loadouts to the game, meaning you can more easily switch gear in groups so uh, that match whichever circumstance you're tackling, something that would be welcome in the next Breath of the Wild game, or really any other game that offers performance-enhancing gear. Ghosts of Tsushima Legends is available now as a free add-on. Final Fantasy XIV Patch 5.35 came out this week and added a devastating new foe to the Southern Bosjan Front area, also new to the game. A red chocobo called Red Comet is now a critical engagement, a new battle type where players will queue with others to take on major enemies like this. This red chocobo, like others in the game, is aggressive and mean and wants to kill you, but Red Comet in particular can, can summon meteors to crash down on you. Imagine your typical neighborhood chicken being able to ride the Hale-Bopp Comet into your dome for maximum damage. Unfathomable. Uh, folks are already documenting the best way to tackle this beast. It is not easy. I've watched videos. Good luck. Finally, the Full Throttle, Day of the Tentacle, and Grim Fandango remasters of the LucasArts classics are coming to Xbox Game Pass on October 29th. You'll be able to grab each one individually on Xbox One for $15 each, but the better deal, of course, by far, is with Game Pass. The development is a direct result of Double Fine's relationship to new parent company Microsoft, since these games were initially console exclusive to PlayStation 4 and Vita. All three games are great, but the gem here is truly Grim Fandango, a funny and engaging fantasy about Dia de los Muertos, 
with an excellent voice cast. And that is it for Fanby Daily. Come back again next week. Please visit fanbyte.com slash podcast to check out all of our great shows. We had two of them start this week, including The K-Hole with Mary Kay. If you loved her previous interview show, Woodland Secrets, you will probably dig this. We are also now the home to Fernanda Prachis' new MMA-focused show, Best Camp of My Life. I cannot wait for more of that. On Saturday, swing by twitch.tv slash fanbyte at 1 p.m. Pacific to see the debut of a brand new project from frequent friend and collaborator Funke. You won't want to miss it. After that, be sure to check out our podcast page again for details about a brand new show. Thanks so much for hanging with me all week, and I hope you'll have a great weekend.